You are listening to Read Around the Rosé, the podcast full of rosé. We are just two best friends who love murder mysteries and drinking wine. This is the book club podcast that you You never never knew you wanted. I'm Nicole. And I'm Megan. And today we are discussing The Housemaid by Frida McFadden. Yep. What a, what a good book it was. I yeah. enjoyed it. I loved this one. But before we dive into what the book is all about, we are drinking a fun rosé. This is Psyche. Mm-hmm. It's a rosé wine, 2019 from California. It's that sweet 13%. So, nice. you know, we're about to split the bottle and have a great time. Um, we have a little bit of a description of the bottle. So the sign of an advanced psyche is when someone can be simultaneously hold on to two opposing viewpoints, driving the person to innovate, to bring new ideas together. Through this visionary process, we created Psyche, a collection of progressive wines to bring all the particular tastes together in sparkling cultured conversations. Okay. Well, I hope it helps spark our conversation. Right. We're a little rusty today. We sure are. <laughs> um, it is a refreshing dry. It has fresh red fruit, subtle uh, floral hints, and it's bright, crisp finish. And it's pretty. That's all Crack, that matters. Cracker open. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm, it smells good, too. Gotta get it to an exact science. Mm-hmm. Is it bubbly? No, we just have ice. Oh, that's what. Okay. I don't know. I don't think so. I love a good cracker. That's yeah. always whenever I do like the the cork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always tend to spill it. And, and we, we clink. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the most dull. That was the lamest. <laughs> Round two. And clink. <laughs> I think our glasses are too full. <laughs> Usually it makes this beautiful, like, ding. Yeah. Well, and drink. And drink. <laughs> that was really good. That is nice. That's better than what we had at the restaurant earlier. It was. And it's affordable. That's the best part. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, I'm going to read the description of this book for you before we get started. Oh, yeah. And I'm reading this from Goodreads.com. Welcome to the family, Nina Winchester says as I shake her elegant manicured hand. I smile politely, gazing around the marble hallway. Working here is my last chance to start fresh. I can pretend to be whoever I like, but I'll soon learn that the Winchester secrets are far more dangerous than my own. Every day I clean the Winchester's beautiful house top to bottom. I collect their daughter from school, and I cook a delicious meal for the whole family before heading up to eat alone in my tiny room on the top floor. I try to ignore how Nina makes a mess just to watch me clean it up, how she tells strange lies about her own daughter, and how her husband, Andrew, seems more broken every day. But as I look into Andrew's handsome brown eyes, so full of pain, it's hard not to imagine what it would be like to live Nina's life. The walk-in closet, the fancy car, the perfect husband. I only try on one of Nina's pristine white dresses once, just to see what it's like. 
but she soon finds out. And by the time I realize my attic bedroom door only locks from the outside, it's far too late. But I reassure myself, the Winchesters don't know who I really am. They don't know what I'm capable of. An unbelievably twisty, oh, an unbelievably twisty read that will have you glued to the pages late into the night. Anyone who loves the woman in the window, the wife between us, and the girl on the train won't be able to put this down. I love all three of those books it mentioned. <laughs> yes. So no wonder why we like this so much. I think we've done all three on the podcast. Yeah. Too. So if you haven't <laughs> listened to those episodes, take a look. It's, uh, gosh, we did those so long ago. Yeah. I don't even remember. That was awesome. Um, I don't know where to start. This book was, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this was one, you know, we as we always say, we always listen to these. Um, and there are sometimes because I listen at work where I get lost in the, like, those like boring moments like where they're just going too much into detail yeah. or something like that and so I just kind of um, stop listening but this one I listened to the, the whole time there was not one moment where I had to go oh wait what just happened I need to rewind let me rewind because I stopped paying attention like I never once had any of those it's moments captivating yes so um, it starts off really interesting you meet Millie who is like the main character um, and she just spent 10 years in prison and she's living in a car looking for a job. Yeah. And you don't know why she was in prison for a while. That's like one of the first questions I wrote. Why was Millie in prison for 10 years? Yeah. That was like <laughs> the biggest question I had was like, Hmm, what did she do? Right. Because she was described really young still. Mm-hmm. So she had to be like 17, 18. Now she's 27, 28, something like that. Mm-hmm. So what did she do to be in prison for her almost her whole 20s right and at the very beginning it opens up you know somebody is dead oh yeah and so my very first question was who is dead like I wanted to try and figure out yeah who I thought might be dead but I never I I I mean once it got there you knew but I couldn't figure out I didn't predict the ending at all (laughs) no um so I guess Millie goes in and meets the fa- the Winchesters, and mm-hmm. Nina is the one hiring her. Do you think Nina um, initially did a background check on Millie, or it was just like, come on in, join the family? Well, um, obviously by the end of the book, you realize she had. Yeah, but at but that in moment, that first initial moment, I didn't think she had um, done that because she has a child. Uh, they live in like a very rich neighborhood. Yeah. I thought if she really knew that this person had just got out of jail, not jail, I'm prison. sorry, prison <laughs> for 10 years, yeah. that you wouldn't tr- maybe trust someone like that to be like a caregiver for your child. Yeah. Um. So I didn't think she did at first, or at least not a very good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I also had the thought, okay, maybe she did. And maybe she's just one of those people that likes to, like, give second chances. I mean, she absolutely could have been. But you I know. <clears throat> I, I didn't think she did. She came off as, like, kind of like a blonde, bimbo housewife. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the impression that I got of her from the beginning. Yeah. Because um, she had, like, this meticulously clean house. And Millie toured that room upstairs. Oh, gosh, that room upstairs. Mm-hmm. From that first moment, if I would have walked in and got those vibes 
off of their room that something wasn't right, yeah. I would have never taken the job. But, I mean, Millie was very desperate to have a job. I guess, you know, going from living in your car to having any sort of room at all yeah, is an upgrade. But there were things right off the bat that she even was like, this doesn't seem right. Like the scratches on the door. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just like a little cot. Like, you're in this rich house yeah. and you can't afford to have your live-in housemaid have a regular room. Like, exactly. It just seems off. For sure. And then, um, so she takes a job, which mm-hmm. was really cool. And then I feel like the first moment that we got to see this crazy side of Nina was right when Millie came in the next day and the house was beyond trash. Yeah. The way they described it was <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> uh, and then, um, she had her PTA meeting mm-hmm. and left her note cards on the counter and thought Millie took them. Right. Or threw them away in the cleanup. Oh. Hers- and then she went just absolutely. She started throwing and breaking things even more after that, right? That made me cringe, like taking the milk and throwing and it just, out of the fridge. Yeah, and just letting like it, just letting it spill all over the floor. Like, what the fuck? I would have. I would have never, never. Also, just to backtrack just a little oh, yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, when Millie first arrived, the, the the landscaper, oh yeah, was trying to warn her, mm-hmm. and he only spoke Italian. And I wrote the word down. I'm probably gonna say this really wrong. Enzo. Yeah, um, he was telling her, "Pericolo." I think I said that wrong. Maybe not. I think it's close. It's close, close, close to how they pronounce it. Um, but it means Spanish. I mean, it means. <laughs> It means danger. <laughs> it means danger in Italian, not Spanish. <laughs> it means Spanish. <laughs> I'm not even that drunk, I promise. <laughs> um, so I what danger did you think he was trying to warn her of? Honestly, I think a little bit because as soon as he said it, she met Nina. I thought it was like the dangerous of like Nina and like stay away from Andrew. Like, warning her to not get involved with the husband. Hmm. Like, this bitch is crazy. Mm -hmm. Don't get involved. Right. But also, like, you shouldn't be here at all. Yeah. So, I kind of picked up on that very quick that, like, maybe something in the past, Andrew kind of cheated on her. And maybe that's why she was so high strong and Mm -hmm. certifiably crazy. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? Um... Yeah, I was. Just, I just thought, you know, maybe there was some sort of abuse or something going on. I didn't know who who was the abuser, who were, who was the victim. But um, I think I don't remember if she mentioned having a housekeeper before. But it made you think. It made me think that maybe there was one before. Yeah, yeah, some type of situation of and cause. Maybe something happened to her, and so he was trying to warn her, like. Don't, you don't want to end up like the last person or something like that. Yeah, that's the vibe I was getting. Like, she was coming into a situation where one already messed up and she's like the next housekeeper coming in. Yeah. Gosh, my notes are so over all over the place. I really took notes towards the end of the book. Yeah. But um, I know Nina did a lot of things that were cringe worthy. Mm-hmm. What was like the cringiest 
thing she did to Millie that you were just like, that's over the line. And I know there were a lot of them. There were a lot. Um, Let's see. I didn't write any of them down, so I'm just going to have to try and go off my memory. Um, I can throw a few at you if you want. I think I have a couple in mind. Um, The peanut... (coughs) The peanut allergy... Yeah. That didn't exist. Yes. <laughs> um, and the daughter like playing along with it. Yeah, she was a spoiled she, brat. Let's, yeah, let's, she uh, was. She was. We'll get back mm, to her. Yes. Uh, but that was one, and and especially when she's like, make my daughter a snack, and she clearly did not tell her about the peanut allergy. No. Beforehand, there was a lot of gaslighting going on in this book. A lot of gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one instance where she made the peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then was like ripped a new one for almost quote unquote killing her daughter, even though yeah. the, the allergy like didn't actually first, exist. After she cleaned the house. That was her first day. The first like really interaction with, uh, what is it, Cecilia? Yeah. And then the other t- thing that stands out on the top of my head is the time she called her and told her to go pick her up from school. Oh, yeah. And then when she got there, the- Cecilia was like, I go with my friend's mom. It's karate day or whatever yeah. it was. I don't remember the activity. She's just but. embarrassed at this uh, very hoity-toity school. Yeah, and he, the mom brought was like, yeah, it's my day. And so she calls this, um, Nina, like, hey, did you send your housekeeper to come pick up Cece? I don't, did they call her Cece? Yeah, they called her Cece. Um, and she was like... No, why would I do that? It's Thursday. It's your day to take her to practice. Day. Yeah. And then it just leaves Millie looking so stupid. Yeah, it really did. And she literally had just called her and told her to go pick her up. Like, that was another extreme case of gaslighting that just very cringy. Mine was when um, Nina sent her to the grocery store. And she's on the phone with her, making her look at every item and having to approve it on the phone. And then she calls the cops on her and says she's stealing. Mm-hmm. And so Millie gets, like, detained by the security guard. Right. And that whole situation was just disgusting. <laughs> Could have sent her back to prison. Yeah. Because I was wondering, like, if somehow... She slipped an extra, I don't know, candy bar or something in there. Like, if somehow, like, yeah, she had tried to frame her. That part was, yeah. And for it to be so public, like, all the other customers saw it happen. Yeah. I had a note about um, Nina. I said, I personally don't like Nina as a person. She sucks. Millie is just really trying her best to take care of the household and just mind her own business. But she's starting to fall in love with the husband. So I'm curious if her and the husband are going to end up together. And what's going to happen to Nina? What was your first impression of Andrew? Do you remember? Um, I thought he was a good dad. Because that first big moment we met him um, was when Stacey wanted chicken nuggets. And he taught Millie how to make the chicken nuggets for her. Mm-hmm. And he was just so calm. Collected. He was described as a sleek, handsome man. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this is a guy that has his shit together. Yeah. Seems like a really good dad, works really hard. But he's just, bless him for having a crazy wife. 
Right. <laughs> um, do you remember what the story was? Like how wh- how everyone started to think that Nina was crazy? Oh, it's because she almost drowned. Yeah. So the she had to be sent to the psych ward because she almost drowned Cece. Right. When she was like a toddler. Yeah. And so everyone knew it. Everyone knew that. Nina was a little crazy, mm-hmm. and so that's why I feel like I even was like, oh, bless Andrew. Right. Look at him. He is truly sticking by his wife, mm-hmm. staying towards, like, his, like, married vows. Yeah. Well, <laughs> a little did we know. <laughs> uh, did you um, also kind of see that Nina and Andrew were going to hook up? After a couple moments, like, when they were up late at night, kind of talking. I don't think there was a lot of flirt, like outright flirting going on. There was a lot of Nina and her monologue, <clears throat> like thinking they're flirting. Yeah, but their actual interactions were mostly friendly, but you could tell that they really clicked. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that um, Millie was attracted to him, like a lot. I didn't know if he was feeling attracted to her as well. But they definitely seem to click really well, yeah. like, on a friend basis. And if there's already that kind of, like, strain in your marriage, it was, like, it could be easy to yeah, kind of maybe cross that line when you have somebody, especially living in your house. They just had that perfect moment. Yeah. When Nina was out of town and they got to go to the musical and then mm-hmm. the hotel and wham, mm. bam, thank you, ma'am. Yeah, and you know, at that point, Nina had proved herself to be so crazy. I wasn't even mad about it. No, I was just <laughs> like, you go, girl. You right? can get with their husband. And good for Andrew, too. I was like... He probably hasn't had any in a long time. Yeah, like, you deserve to be treated like a normal person. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, it was an instance where I was not even mad about mm-hmm. the situation because of how crazy Nina was. It was like, yeah, you kind of deserve that. <laughs> But then I was really surprised when the book took a turn and changed perspectives. Because usually we like have a switch of perspectives like all throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Not halfway through when you think like everything's all rainbows and butterflies. It was like a big perspective change and shift. Yeah, because it was first all from Millie. Yeah. And then you got all from Nina. So what did you think about kind of like the shift and then it starting off with how Nina and Andrew met. Um, it, I think that was the biggest twist for me because I was so convinced yeah, that Nina was crazy. Me too. That when you started to learn her story and how they met and how he was just as charming and nice at the beginning as mm-hmm. he was to Millie, it was like um, all before they got married, I believe. Yeah. Um, just how incredibly nice and charming and sweet and romantic and like just doing all the right things. And then as soon as they got married and moved in and she yeah. moved into the house, I can't even remember what was the instant. Oh, uh, the first time? Yeah. She didn't get her. She missed her hair appointment. Oh, right. She missed, she had a little bit of root coming in. He made a comment like, oh, your roots are showing. 
And she's like, oh, I've just been so busy. I, I missed my appointment. I'll get it taken care of. I'm going to go, like, get it done. Just thinking it's, like, a normal I mean, it is convers- a normal thing. Conversation. She's also still a new mom. Yeah, and then next thing you know, he's, he, I can't remember. How did he get he her said, up there? Um, he said, I have some papers upstairs. Will you go up with me? And so yeah. they're upstairs. And she's like, okay, yeah, I'll go. And then uh, she, he's like, oh, they're in that closet over there. Go look in the closet. Right. And as she's going into the closet, he, he locks her, her in. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That whole thing, like, oh, my God. Like, the punishment, I think, was. She had to pull just, out, like, 300. It started with 100. Okay. And she was like, are you, are you kidding me? That, yeah. No. With root, and like, attached, like. Root intact, and so she got a hundred, but there was when he counted it one without a root attachment, mm-hmm. which I feel like he did that on purpose. I feel like he was counting it, and he was just like, "I'm gonna make her stay in here longer. She hasn't learned her lesson." Yeah, and he told her, "This is, um, I expect you to always look perfect. This is your punishment. Like, you should have. I shouldn't have to tell you. You need to do this. It should be automatic." And this is your punishment just so that you can correct your behavior. Yeah. And so she had to pull out 100 more. But she pulled out, I think, like over 100 just yeah. to cover her butt this uh-huh. time. But I think for a long time she was refusing. Yeah. It, she waited until she was like super thirsty or hungry. Well, I think or... she was down to one bottle of water left. And there are only three yeah. many small bottles of water. Right. And I just, I can't even imagine that kind of psychological torture that you have to go through because she was wasn't she a nurse or something um no she was like a, a receptionist for his company beforehand okay but she had friends she had like oh a life, a life. she was like a fully like independent like strong woman yeah she was and she thought he was very supportive of this <laughs> so to have in that one instance, like just because you missed a hair appointment and now your husband is locking you in a room and punishing you and making you pull out your own hair. And that's not even the worst part. So after he lets her out, if you remember, he lets her out, gives her a glass of water. She drinks the whole thing and goes to bed. But when she comes out of her drug haze, sleep, and isn't barely even like awake, she hears the water running. Oh, yeah, that's, and Cecilia was in the tub. Mm-hmm. He put her in the tub, and the tub was about to overflow over, but he called the cops just in time that she was, like, trying to, like, crawl and save her daughter. Yeah, and so she was the one in there holding the baby. She was drugged. It looked like she was trying to purposely Kill drown. herself and drown the baby. Yeah, so that's how she initially got locked up in the middle hospital, and... I mean, on Andrew's part, unfortunately, that's really well played. Yeah. Well played, sir. But also, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, I wouldn't have even thought about that. Like, of course, when she comes out, she's still, she was even questioning if her sanity, like, if if that really happened. Because he was just so sweet to her. And then he does this. Right. I but, bet she wouldn't have said anything though. I think in the hospital she did deny it. She did she fought it for a while. Well, she's but like, oh, he it get, all happened in my head. 
Well, because that's what he convinced her of. And that's what he convinced the doctors of. Mm -hmm. And so eventually she started to believe it. I think, I can't remember. I guess it was just over time she she realized what he had done to her. But then that next moment, so she's out of the hospital. Everything's being forgiven. Mm -hmm. And then her psychologist is like, hey, you got to get over this fear. You got to go in the attic. And so they go, she's like, okay, they go up to the attic together. And uh, do you remember why this time she gets locked in? Oh, crap. Um, no, I don't remember. She wasn't turning the lights off in the house. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So he changed on the light bulbs in the room to be, like, super bright. Super bright. And oh. I don't remember what she had to do to get out of there. But I think at that point in the book, she's think- just being locked up for every little thing. I think and she she's had becoming to, a routine. I think he had like heavy books in there, and she had to lay flat. That was Nina. Later, we were talking about Nina. I mean Millie later in the book. Oh, because she, she left. That, we'll get there, but that was that. I don't remember. Okay, I don't remember what she did to get out, but I feel like it was just a revolving door of in and out, in and out, in and out. Mm-hmm. A lot of abusive psychological things, but weren't that wouldn't be noticed by other people, right? Except for Enzo. Except for Enzo. So we know now that Enzo saw her through the little window. Yep. And at one point, she told him everything that was happening. I can't remember why she wouldn't go to the cops at that point. Well, because she has been the psychiatric ward. No one's going to believe her. She's already tried to share this with people. (laughs) That's right. Even her friends. And the friends report back to the husband, like, oh, she's she's talking about this way again. I just couldn't imagine being in this situation and thinking you have a best friend to share this with. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, she tells your husband and you get punished for it. Right. That was bonkers to me. Yeah, because it's in that, I guess in that environment, you don't truly have any real friends. Like they're all just so phony and fake. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, how can you claim to be somebody's best friend and, and just really think of that they're that crazy. Like, that's a good question. I would probably not, I don't know. It'd be very difficult to be like best friends, best friends with someone. And the whole time in the back of my mind, I'm like, no, she's just crazy. Her husband told me she's just crazy. Yeah. So you're just hanging out with a person like out of pity. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it just, I don't know. Uh, so I, I did love how Nina and Enzo come up with the plan to kind of figure out how to get Nina away from Andrew. I mm-hmm. thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't agree. I think Enzo's right in the fact that the plan was really messed up. Yes. But, but if I'm thinking about Nina, then I'm like, the plan was actually not, it was very achievable. She did a really great job of playing the crazy person. Yes, she did. Um, I think because I wrote in here, I guess this is whenever we, uh, learned that Andrew was a jerk, was the abuser in this. I was like, damn it. I really liked Andrew. I wanted him and Millie to live happily ever after. (laughs) (laughs) I said, um, I was like, my prediction now though, is that Millie and Nina are going to team up and kill him. Well, that or Enzo is going to come to the rescue. 
he probably was around so much trying to offer some kind of protection. Yeah. I really liked his character. Yeah. I, I, I didn't like how it ended and Nina and him didn't end up together. Right. I mean, I understood why, but mm-hmm. in my soft heart, I was like, oh, the perfect. Yeah, I kind of wanted Nina to have a little happy ending after you realized that she was not actually crazy. That she was just playing a really She was playing good a part. <laughs> and you know what? Good for her for growing her roots out, yeah. eating whatever the hell she wanted, and uh-huh. just doing whatever she wanted because she knew Andrew couldn't lock her up. And getting the IUD so she couldn't get pregnant. Oh, yes. That was brilliant. And then I forget how she convinced the doctor. Did she have some sort of blackmail on him? Um, I don't, re- I don't remember. Or feel it like, was a friend or it was someone I feel like she trusted. Had, I feel like she had some kind of blackmail on him or something. Could have been. Um, but she convinced the doctor to tell Andrew that she was barren. Yeah. That was perfect. Yeah. Good on her. Oh, and the ending. <laughs> what a fantastic ending. Yeah. Kind of. It made me happy. It made me happy, too. So Millie gets some fucking revenge. So all of this leads to Andrew kicking Nina out. He's had enough of her crazy Get out of my house. craziness. And she cries and she screams and she acts all upset. And she leaves and she's just like, finally yes. I'm free. Hallelujah. It worked. And then Millie's like, okay, cool. Andrew and I are going to live happily ever after like I wanted them to. <laughs> And immediately, that that next day, Andrew locks Millie in the attic. Do you remember why? I don't remember. Yes, because she was reading his books and left a mess of his books on the ground. He didn't pick them oh, up. Oh, she left them. I don't even think they were on the ground. I think she just put them on the table. Regardless, she didn't put them back. Yeah, there were like two or three books that she was looking at, and she, I think she just left them on the coffee table. Yeah. Not even on the ground. They weren't like where you could trip or fall over them. She just didn't put them she up. She just didn't put them back. And he had to teach her how to respect his property. Ugh. But her getting... Should we just get into it? No, absolutely. Her getting him up into the room and switching it on him. Uh, uh, thank oh, thank goodness for Nina keeping that pepper spray in the potty bucket. Yes. That was brilliant. That was a great switch. It was such a great moment. Like, it had to feel so... So Nina, or Millie, had to keep uh, books on her chest. Like, on her rib. area. Yeah, like... For three hours. And they were, like, heavy, heavy books. And I think she got up a minute early and he made her do it again. Yeah. So that whole time, she was like, I'm going to get this, get this This motherfucker. And ended up, um, when he came in the room to come let her out, she sprayed him with pepper spray and locked him in the room instead. Yes. And she was like, if you want out, you need to leave these books on your manhood parts mm-hmm. for three hours. And then every time, when he accomplished it, she was just like, oh, no, you were- I think I, you mistake, you didn't hear me correctly. I said like four. I said uh, six. I, I said four hours. Start all over. Start or- all over. Or, yeah, she she just kept coming up with reason after reason. And there was no reason. water in the room. She drank it all. Oh, remember? yeah. She had drank the water, so he had nothing. It was pretty great. It was pretty That's good great. revenge. And, and he ended up dying from dehydration. Yeah. And then, um, of course, Millie feel, Nina feels bad. 
but only goes after, back to the house. Only after Enzo really talked her into it. I know. She was going to leave. She was going to leave that bit. She was just like, see ya. <laughs> it's your turn. Yeah. But she also, because Millie came from prison, for, didn't she murder, like, her, uh, her friends? Someone that was raping yeah. her? Raping uh, one of her friends. Her, like, her roommate or something? Something like that. And she ended up saving, trying to save her friend and, like, killed this guy. And the friend resented her for doing it. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? That's fucked up all on its own. Yeah, so she was protecting her friend, killed this guy, not even on purpose, I yeah. think. It just, she hit him too hard. Or she hit him too hard to get off of her and yeah. ended up killing him. Like, hit him in the head and right, just So not right premeditated. Spot. It was just, like, in the moment. It was a protection thing. So to get 10 years for that, Mm-hmm. seems like a lot but also to have like your friend disown you for it that's very heartbreaking and she already didn't have a relationship with her own parents she had no one so she was the perfect person to, for Nina to find and come do she this she really was and she, she was hoping that Millie would kill him yeah that was the whole knowing plan. her past yep She's and like, she did. And she did. She came through. I did appreciate the detective mm-hmm. when he was um, interviewing Nina about everything. Mm-hmm. He was just like, well, my daughter was engaged to Andrew. And she hasn't, like, mentally recovered. And he was just like, was like mm-hmm. I always wondered what he did to her. Now I have a good idea. It sounds like this is all just a mistake. This was just an a accident. really tragic accident. I appreciated him covering it all up. I did, too. As that was very well-deserved. Yeah. And then at the very, very end. Very, very end. If we just want to wrap it up. Wrapping it up. Um, Nina helps Millie get. She refers oh, her no. to. First, we got to talk about Andrew's mom at the funeral. Oh, okay. Go ahead, because I don't really oh. remember. Sorry. So, we are recording uh, this, like, several weeks after we. Read it, so this part just really stuck. My memory's a little foggy. (laughs) Um, So at the funeral, you know, Nina has to play like the "woe is me" wife. Mm -hmm. The mom and the dad come at the end, and the dad was not really in Andrew's life; it was just the mom. Mm -hmm. And she was just like, "Well, I got to see the um, actual autopsy report, and it said he was missing teeth." Hmm. Oh, I forgot she made him pull one of his own teeth out. I guess out. I always told him growing up to take care of his teeth or he would lose them. I'm glad he finally learned his lesson. Yes. Yeah, so you, you figure out that his mom, the reason he did these sorts of things was because this is how his mom punished him. I thought that was a great, like, mic drop. Yeah. And it kind of made you feel a little sympathy for Andrew. Yeah, just a, I mean, uh, just a yeah, little, just a little bit, because he, maybe in his mind, he truly thought he was doing the right thing because um, this is how he was raised. I mean, child abuse just kind of sticks with you in so many ways. Right. Which so is. So you wonder, like, it, it, it caused, like, such a, a mental illness in him that maybe he didn't, maybe he truly didn't think he was doing anything wrong. I, he had to have known because he would have. Well, because he. You know, he still had the mindfulness to make everything seem seem better, seem like it was right, butt. and to cover he knew it up. It was wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. I tried for just a second to just have some no. sympathy. It didn't mm-hmm. work. 
But in the epilogue, that's what you were talking about a moment ago. Oh, yeah. So um, at the very, very end, because now, you know, Millie was like, great. Now I don't have a job again. Um, this person's dead. Who's going to hire me now that this this has happened? And Nina refers her to one of her, one of those, the neighbors. Yeah. Friends to be a housekeeper. And I think the, she goes for her interview and the wife is like, um, you've come very highly recommended by Nina. And she said something to allude to the fact that she had a similar problem. Yeah. That she's hoping Millie's going to help her with. <laughs> and then we. And then it just ends. It just ends. But we're getting a book too. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Oh, so I'm so excited. excited. So I guess we'll see what kind of piece of shit husband this person has yes. and how Millie's going to kill him. <laughs> so I guess that's just going to be her job. She's kind of like a contracted, a contracted killer. Yeah, in a way. Husband killer. But so, hopefully all of the husbands like are actually, actually like, abusive yeah. or something. Absolutely. Like, and you're not just going to be using her as like a I want out of this marriage and yeah. I want the money sort of thing. I guess we'll find out. I do have a um a what would you do question. Okay, I do not. So, uh, Jorge, my husband, helped me come up with an answer for my portion of it. Okay, so I'm really excited. All right. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I keep reading. Okay. Um, what would be a simple punishment you'd give me if you were Andy? Simple punishment for you? Yes. Oh, I would make you sit in the dark. Pitch black. <laughs> oh, that's so awful. But it's simple, and I know how much you would hate it. Oh, that's bad. Okay. So mine is, Jorge helps for me. me come up with my answer for you. Oh, great. I know how much you love music. Oh, no. So I'm going to make you listen to music at extreme volume. And all you get to listen to is yodeling. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to just make me sit in complete silence forever. <laughs> I mean, no, but. Well, yeah, the yodeling. The oh. same yodeling track. The same, over, just over and over, over, just like on a loop. On a loop. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Because <laughs> it would be too simple to remove to remove the music, I gotta put something in your brain. So yeah. even afterwards, you're like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to yodel, but it would just stick with you uh, long term. It would just bounce around in my brain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, that was good. I I don't remember what we're gonna be reading next. Um, we will end up putting our next book on um our social media accounts. So we have Read Around the Rosé at, um, I think, Facebook, Read Around the Rose Instagram. You can contact us at readaroundtherose at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. So we'll throw out the next book. We're still getting our list together for this year. Um, our goal is to be listening to kind of like the hot books coming out. Yeah. So we have a, a list of books that are coming out like, like each month. Like we have some great ones like up on the queue right and we're gonna do we're just gonna do this once a month um for anyone who was listening to us you know we haven't put anything out new in about a year maybe even two years yeah um 
but we want to get back into this. We're just going to slow it. We're not going to do as many as we were before. And we're going to really, really try to do better about posting the book we're going to read or that we're going to be like releasing like a month in advance. Yeah. So that you have a chance as a listener to read the book beforehand and know also what we're talking about as you're listening to us. Yeah. And if the books are coming out, like the next book we have queued up comes out in February, mm-hmm. we want to give you all a chance to read those new books with us yeah. so that we all can just kind of hang out together. Exactly. But I do want to ask you, if you had to rate this book, Nicole, The Housemaid, out mm-hmm. of one out of five stars, what would you give it? I think this one deserves a solid, like, four. I agree with that. Like, I feel like there are some things that could probably, like, maybe were a little too predictable, like, um, towards the end, like, once the twist was revealed, revealed you know, you kind of, like, knew exactly where it was going. Yeah. But, I mean, um, I kind of liked that. Yeah. Okay. But that's what I'm going to say, just four stars. Like, I feel like, and that's me being super, like, nitpicky. That's very fair. <laughs> but it like is... I said at the beginning, like, this was one that I truly hung on to every word and listened to. The only reason my memory was so foggy is because we didn't get to record it, like, super fresh. After Maybe like... let's bump it to, like, a four and a half. Yeah. Because okay. it's not, like, the best book I've ever read, but this mm-hmm. one was a real just enticing, satisfying Keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time. Like, you want to know what's happening. And I just can't wait for the next one. Yeah, I'm excited for I it. feel like it needs to be just a little higher because I can't wait for it to see yeah. what happens next. I guess just going full on five just feels like, I don't know. First book, five. <laughs> yeah. No, I think four and a half is perfect. Yeah. Um, But also, like, you know, sometimes we read sequels or if it's going to be a trilogy, I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. The next book is either going to make or break it. So hopefully it's done just as well. Yeah. Or, and hopefully not just like a big repeat of the first one where it's the first half. Exactly. One perspective, second half, the other perspective. Hopefully it's like a different kind of mix up so it doesn't get too predictable. Especially since we already kind of know like, oh, this husband's about to die. Yeah. Like in this one, we knew somebody died at the beginning, but we didn't know who. Yeah. And so now we're like, okay, she's about to kill this person's husband. So how are they going how is the author going to make it just as interesting? I'm hopefully it happens. So it's not like, oh, the first one was so much better and then the yeah. second was exactly. But yeah, I had fun. Me too. I think that's all I got. That's all I got. Um until next, next time. Bye. Keep reading. Bye.